Welcome to the podcast for North Decatur Presbyterian Church. We are a Presbyterian USA congregation located in Decatur, Georgia. You can find out more information about the church, our service to the community, and our great education programs for children, youth, and adults at ndpc.org. And you can follow us on Facebook. If you're in the Atlanta area, we hope you'll come and join us in person. That's it. On to this week's scripture and sermon. Listen to the scripture. Jesus, James, and John went home with Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed, sick with a fever, and they told Jesus about her at once. He went to her, took her by the hand, and raised her up. The fever left her, and she served them. That evening at sunset, people brought to Jesus those who were sick and demon-possessed. The town gathered at the door. He healed many who were sick with all kinds of diseases and threw out many demons. But he didn't let the demons speak because they recognized him. Early in the morning, well before sunrise, Jesus rose and went to a deserted place where he could be alone in prayer. Simon and those with him tracked him down. When they found him, they told him, Everybody's looking for you. He replied, Let's head in the other direction, to the nearby villages. I can preach there too. That's why I've come. He traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and throwing out demons. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. Thanks be to God. That is the word of God for you, the people of God. We say thanks be to God. And thank you to our confirmands for your reading of the scripture today. So we've got an honest-to-God healing story on our hands today. Jesus is just beginning his ministry, and as my colleague Rob Schoonover preached last week, he is making an immediate impression in these villages around the Sea of Galilee. People can see that Jesus has power. He has authority. It's real power. Everybody can see it, even if it's only the demons who can tell that it is the very power of God. It's a beautiful power. It's a gentle power. It's a loving power, and it's a healing power. Jesus' power is in his words when he declares, the time is now, the kingdom of God is now, it has come near. And Jesus' power is also every bit as much in his deeds. He is freeing people from their captivity to unclean spirits and to their captivity to unwell minds and bodies. In today's story, it is still the Sabbath day. Remember, it's the Sabbath. This is the day when God's will is done on earth as it is in heaven. And on the Sabbath, Jesus comes to Simon Peter's house and there he finds that Simon Peter's mother-in-law is sick with a fever. She is in bed. And Jesus does a couple of amazing things with his body that I want you to pay attention, with his physical body. The first thing is that Jesus draws near to Simon Peter's mother-in-law. He comes physically close to this woman who is 
sick with a fever. Jesus is never afraid of what other people call uh, unclean. He closes the distance. We've used that phrase a lot in our congregation. Jesus closes the distance between himself and this woman. You cannot do much good at all if you stay far away from where the hurt is. So Jesus closes this distance. He draws near. That's number one. The second thing he does with his body that you should pay attention to is connected to the first. He touches this woman who is sick. He physically touches her with his hands. Touch is so powerful. Touch can be healing. Jesus literally takes hold of the woman. He takes hold of her hands. Physical touch matters absolutely for healing. Oh my gosh, do we know this in this moment? I know we're relying on a lot of other things. We're relying on uh, these Zoom calls and we're relying on telemedicine and we're relying on uh, the power of voice, hearing people's voice in our ears, but nothing is quite the same as physical touch. Jesus embraces the healing power of touch. The third thing he does with his body, Mark says, Jesus lifted the woman up. The Greek verb is agero. It may sound familiar, lifted her up, right? What if I read to you from Mark in the 16th chapter in the 6th verse on the morning of the resurrection, the mysterious person in the otherwise empty tomb says to the women who have come looking for Jesus, he is not here He has been raised up. He has been a gay road. That's right. It's not only Jesus who gets raised by the power of God. It is this woman and it is us too. So the embodied actions of Jesus in this short story show us what happens in ministry for the sake of this kingdom of God. In Jesus' ministry, in your ministry, in my ministry, all of our ministry, we draw near, we touch one another, and we raise one another up. One more thing happens in the story that you should see. Peter's mother-in-law is healed of her fever. And then she begins to serve them. Now, Now, I know the feminists among you will roll your eyes and say, oh, of course, mom is lying sick as a dog in bed, and then Jesus comes along and heals her. So what? So she can can make them all dinner, right? Okay, okay, Uh, we should hear that, and we should push back against it. But also hear this, the serving here that she does, the word is diakonia, this woman is healed, so that she can be of service. And that is, after all, what all of us pray for, that we might be healed so that we might use our lives to love and serve one another. This woman becomes the first deacon of the church. She's healed of her sickness, 
so that she might use her life to serve. As we are reading Mark's gospel together, these very first stories about Jesus' ministry become microcosms, right, of what the entire ministry is about, both Jesus' ministry and our ministry. We proclaim the reign of God in our words and our deeds. We draw near to those around us and among us who are suffering. We lay our hands on their bodies. We raise one another up. We restore one another's bodies and spirits, restoring one another to a sense of belonging in the community, restoring one another to the capacity to serve, restoring one another to a sense of hope about our lives and the life of our world. Together, we are raised up by the power and by the love of God. I think it's good that we are reading this story, this story of Jesus healing Simon Peter's mother-in-law on a day when our confirmands, when Anna and Charlie and Henry and James and Avery are joining into the ministry of the Church of Jesus Christ. For they are called, just like you, all of us are called, into this way of life, into this ministry that is described in this story. But this kind of ministry can also confound our faith. And it can be a stumbling block to our faith. It's one thing for Mark to say that Jesus healed a woman who was sick, but what about, what about healing for us, right? Can we, can we ourselves believe in a God who heals, who heals us, and who heals those whom we love? I thought our confirmands, and all of us, frankly, might benefit this morning if we could hear from a few of our church's members who spend their whole lives holding these kinds of questions before them. The members that we're going to hear from this morning all work in healing professions. They are physicians and nurses and therapists. They are healers. And most every day they meet people who are sick and who are suffering, and they work with all of the skill that God has given them and with all of the love that they can muster to create healing. So I asked each of them if they would tell us briefly how they hear this story of Jesus healing Simon Peter's mother-in-law. So without further ado, I ask you to listen to their voices this morning. My name is David Markham. I'm a cardiologist at Emory University. I believe that there is mystery in what we do in the practice of modern medicine. There are many things that we can't explain that are based on human will or prayer or many things that we don't understand. And we certainly don't understand how the healing and the miracles take place in this story Uh, that we're reading today about Jesus healing one person and then being inundated by numerous others who come to him seeking hope and healing in this town. Jesus takes time to pray and then leaves to go to spread the good news elsewhere. I think this provides us hope as healers and healthcare providers today 
to continue to do the work that we do, to continue to go about seeking where people need healing. Um, and as Christians, it tells us to continue to spread the good news. The story reminds me of a piece in the book, A Whole New Life by Reynolds Price. Many of you be, will be familiar with this story. Reynolds Price was suffering from a spinal cord tumor. And during the course of his treatment, he had a dream where he's sitting on the shore of the Sea of Galilee with Jesus and the disciples. And Jesus takes him into the water. Jesus pours water on his head and the water runs down his back across the scar. And Jesus turns to him and says, your sins are forgiven. And sort of in a shocked fashion, um, Reynolds Price turns to Jesus and says, well, what about the tumor? And he says that too. It's a profound story and it reminds us that uh, the amazing gift that we have from God is to live in God's love and the forgiveness of sins and to know that we will always be that way in God's love. So with that, um, I say amen and let's stay safe and take care of each other as we go into this next year with love and hope. Amen. Hi, I'm Jen Hill and I'm a palliative medicine nurse practitioner. For those of you who aren't familiar with what that is, that is a subspecialty in medicine that focuses on helping patients and families who are dealing with serious illness. It can be anywhere from the time they're diagnosed or while they're pursuing disease-directed therapies or at the end of their life. Um, oftentimes, people feel that palliative care is um, the same as hospice. They are very similar, but they're not the same. We do often refer folks to hospice when it's appropriate. So that kind of leads me into why um, I'm speaking to you all today about my thoughts on this um, passage out of the Bible from Mark, um, speaking about Jesus and his healing of the sick. Um, when I read this, um, I have to say it's... Um, something I've always uh, struggled with as far as healing. I feel like healing um, conveys this uh, idea of taking disease away and getting rid of it when oftentimes people are dealing with things that, for lack of a better way of saying it, are not healable and are not able to be taken away. And so, over my almost 20 years of dealing um, with families and patients who are living through serious illness, um, healing to me has come to mean um, being able to limit the amount of suffering that someone experiences. And I feel that suffering comes in many forms, whether that's physical suffering, emotional suffering, um, whatever that is. So to me, healing means whatever way we can help to um, limit someone's suffering so that they can live out their life the best possible way that they can for whatever time that they're here, whether that's managing their symptoms more appropriately, 
whether that's um, from the emotional standpoint, reconciling with their family, friends, loved ones, or even um, the difficult task of reconciling with oneself. Um, I also find that the ultimate form of not suffering is actually um, the act of death. When somebody has died, I feel like that is the um, ultimate form of not suffering any longer. So while people are here, um, healing to me is managing just the difficulty that is living with an illness, um, whatever that looks like for them. And then the ultimate piece of healing is at the end of all of that when they do die. So as a believer and follower of Jesus, it's been something that um, I have come to over time. Um, and that's my humble input on my reaction and feelings and response related to Jesus and his ability to heal. Um, thank you guys so much for your time. Sending love to everyone. Good morning. My name is Rusty Godwin and I'm a local uh, psychotherapist, licensed clinical social worker with a practice right around the corner. And I've been asked this morning to reflect on our scripture of Mark from a, a perspective of a healing professional. And and so the, the scripture is set in the city of Galilee where where Jesus is, is healing, um, caring for folks all over the city. And after a long day of healing, a night of rest, the next morning, um, what I believe is significant is he sneaks out to 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 pray. And this is Jesus when it, everything is so hectic. Even while he's praying, the, the disciples are looking for him. Um, he has to, to take care of himself. And he sneaks out to find the stillness, to find a connection with God so that he can renew for another big day uh, of caring for others. And this makes me reflect on my, on my practice and, um, and my self-care routine where I get up most mornings and, and do my prayers, um, do my gratitude work um, to prepare so that I can be there and have the strength to, to uh, help people with, with the challenges they're facing during this pandemic. And, and so um, in the afternoons, I, when I have breaks, I try to meditate um, to, to be able to, to stay present. And, and so this scripture is not um, just speaking to health professionals, but speaking to everyone, especially during this pandemic and this time of need, because we're all finding ourselves faced with caring for others, caring for family members, caring for neighbors, caring for friends, um, church members, co-workers. It is so important that we care for ourselves during this time so we can be there for others. So I implore you, find that time to take care of yourselves. Be good to you. Good morning. My name is Kathleen Allen. I'm a counselor in a private pediatric practice and work with children and youth who have a variety of special needs. When I was reading today's scripture, I kept remembering why I became a counselor. When I was 12 years old, I became a paraplegic. I prayed and prayed to God for healing, for getting my old life back. In my mind, that meant being able to use my legs again. When that didn't happen, 
I thought my prayers weren't heard. But over time, I realized God had heard and answered my prayers by putting people into my life who supported and encouraged me in my journey to a new normal. When I was in graduate school, I felt a calling to work with young people with special needs. In fact, my very first job was at the hospital where I had spent months learning a new way to navigate life. I want to give my kids the encouragement, the support that I was so blessed to receive. I try to help them see what is possible and to empower them to strive for and to attain those possibilities. We believe in a God who heals. The healing that God provides happens in so many ways. Certainly not always in the ways that we hope or in the ways that we expect or in the time frame that we expect. But we do believe in a God who heals the world through love. This love that was in Jesus, in the body and the spirit of Jesus is in our bodies and our spirits. This love that God pours into the world casts out demons and it casts out fear. And it breaks the power of death. We believe in the healing power of love a love that bears all things and believes all things and hopes all things and endures all things, a love that never ends. So may the healing power of love be in you and with you. May it draw close to you. May it lay hands upon you. May it raise you up. May it lead you into a life of love and service and healing for others. Let the church together say about this love and about our God, amen.